For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. This is part 13 of the series. In this session, we're going to be focusing and sharing with you some thoughts and insights from Romans chapter 13 through 15. And in Romans chapter 13, we're going to begin by looking at one verse, Romans chapter 13 and verse 14, which reads, But put on the Lord Yeshua Messiah and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. And so we're going to look at two elements of this verse, the meaning of the phrase put on and then focusing how putting on Messiah that when we we do this, that we then therefore would not be making provision to sin or provision for the flesh. Now, this phrase put on is a priestly term or a priestly reference because the priests, in order to do their functions and their duties, they would often exchange their garments and put on different garments depending upon the occasion and the work that they were doing. And so when we put on Messiah, then we are to be faithful priests unto him and unto his kingdom. Now we're told in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 10, he's made us unto our God kings and priests and we will reign in the earth. And then we are told in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Well, if we are a royal priesthood in Messiah, then we have to play that role of being priests unto him. And so this is why and how Paul is going to use the phrase put on Messiah. And so we're going to then see how Paul is explaining that when we put on Messiah, we are immersed with Messiah. And this is the analogy that he's making particularly in Romans in chapter 6. 
And so we're told in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, he who says he abides in him ought to walk as he walked. And so if we follow in Yeshua's footsteps in living our lives, then as we live our lives spiritually unto him, we are immersed in him. And so if we put on him and follow his example, which he's given unto us and obey his teachings in the new covenant, the Torah will be written upon our heart and we will follow that Torah being led by his Holy Spirit and we will walk in the spirit. And in doing so, we will then not live a sinful lifestyle. And so when Paul wrote in Romans chapter 13 verse 14 put on the Lord Yeshua and make no provision for the flesh he also stated in Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 for as many of you that have been immersed into Messiah you've put on Messiah so putting on Messiah is being linked and associated with being immersed into Messiah and a part of being immersed into Messiah in Romans chapter 6 verse 3, he says, Know you not that so many of us that were immersed in the Messiah are immersed into his death. If we're immersed into his death, we also are immersed into his resurrection. And this is speaking in spiritual terms as we live out our lives. And so going on in Romans chapter 6 and verse 5 in making the connection that if we're immersed in the Messiah Yeshua that we've been immersed into his death. And what does that mean? What is Paul trying to explain? In Romans chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, that means we've put on Messiah, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth we should not serve sin. So putting the thought together, Romans chapter 6, verse 3, as many that are immersed in the Messiah Yeshua are immersed into his death. And if we've been immersed into his death, even as he died once, that once we accept Yeshua as our Savior and Lord, and that comes by repenting of our sins and accepting his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, that the way we used to live our lives according to the world and the ways of the world, that old man that follows after the flesh and the desires of the flesh, it's to be crucified if it's been immersed into Messiah, that we should not, in living our lives, serve sin or live a sinful lifestyle. And so we can see that Paul is making this same point in Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, regarding him making the summary point from Romans chapter 13, verse 14, that if you've put on the Lord Yeshua, that you will not make provision for the flesh. Because Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, that the carnal mind is an enemy against God, and the carnal mind is not subject or doesn't follow the Torah of God. So a carnal mind is a reference to living our life with natural eyesight, natural reasoning that is influenced and makes its decision according to the wisdom and the knowledge of this world, wherein 
the wisdom and the knowledge of this world many times and often is in conflict with the word of God and the promises of God. That someone who is carnal can be an unbeliever, but also a baby believer in Yeshua can be carnally minded as well. And Paul here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 says to be carnally minded is death. And the carnal mind is an enemy against God. It's not subject to the Torah of God. And then he links to be carnally minded and not following the Torah of God with Romans chapter 8 verse 8 so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And so when we put on Messiah Yeshua and we are immersed into Messiah, immersed means that our lives and our thoughts are saturated on him and living for him and living for his kingdom and learning and obeying and following his word given that we are to walk as he walked and in doing so and being immersed in the Messiah we will follow after his death and the example that he gave to us in dying and what's the spiritual example that he gave to us in his death he was crucified or he was nailed to the cross what was nailed to the cross his flesh so that's a spiritual picture that in being immersed in the Messiah we have to crucify our flesh and we can only crucify our flesh when we get our minds renewed to the word of God and we allow the Holy Spirit to have a place in our lives and submit ourselves to be led by his spirit and to walk by his spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into truth and the Torah or the word of God is true so when we get the word of God in our heart in our minds then we can be led by the spirit of God and if we're immersed in the Messiah we're not only immersed into his death but we will also be a partaker of his resurrection which means we will live a fruitful obedient life and in living a fruitful obedient life under the God of Israel we will be able to give glory to him and glory to his name and glory to his kingdom and so this is the point that Paul was trying to make not only in Romans chapter 6 but in Romans chapter 8 and then he repeats the the thought in Romans chapter 13 verse 14 where he says put on Messiah and in doing so you will not make provision for the flesh so next Let's continue on and primarily let's try to understand Romans chapters 14 and 15 from a Hebraic perspective. To begin with, in Romans, in chapter 14, verse 1, Paul writes, To him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. So, who are those that are regarded as weak in the faith? Well, someone that's weak in the faith is going to be a babe in Messiah, and a babe in Messiah is carnally minded. We can see Paul's explanation of this in 1 Corinthians 
and chapter 3, and beginning in verse 1, where Paul writes, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. So he couldn't speak as unto spiritual. Now, if he spoke as unto spiritual, how would he speak? Well, in Romans, in chapter 7, in verse 14, he says, we know that the Torah is spiritual. So he could not teach and explain to them the the deeper understanding of the Torah called the heart of the Torah or the meat of the Torah because as he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 you are carnal even as babes in Messiah. So someone that's carnally minded is a babe in Messiah and being carnally minded in a babe in Messiah those that are carnally minded he went on to explain to be carnally minded in Romans chapter 8 verse 6 is death but to be spiritually minded I cannot speak unto you unto spiritual to be spiritually minded is life and peace and he said in Romans chapter 7 verse 14 that the Torah is spiritual and so those that are carnally minded they are weak in the faith and he said in Romans chapter 8 verse 7 that one who's carnally minded who is a babe in Messiah 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 is not subject or does not follow the Torah of God in other words they still dominated or influenced by the desires of the flesh and natural eyes, natural thinking, and the logic and wisdom of the natural world. So back to 1 Corinthians in chapter 3, and then in verse 1, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as a babe and Messiah, because I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither are you able. For you are carnal. And so one who is carnal still has problems with the flesh because he says, there is among you envians and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? So Paul is speaking about a babe in Messiah, one that's carnally minded in Messiah. That is a babe that can only learn and be fed milk in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And he's now also addressing this type of believer in Romans chapter 14 verse 1, referring to them as being weak in the faith. In Romans chapter 4 verse 19, Paul explains that one that is weak in faith, that they believe their natural circumstances. They have natural eyesight. They have natural reasoning. They reason according to their flesh, their desires of their flesh, and the wisdom of this world. Romans chapter 4 verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. So when you're not weak in faith, you don't consider your own body, which is dead, which is your natural circumstances. So if you're weak in faith, you do consider your natural circumstances. Now those who are strong in faith, they're able to be fed with meat and they trust God and they believe his promises despite what their natural circumstances say. Romans chapter 4 verses 20 and 21. And Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, 
Someone who is strong in faith doesn't stagger at the promises of God. And you see the 10 spies who gave a bad report in Numbers chapter 13, they looked at the situation with their natural eyes and with natural reasoning, and they said there's giants in the land, and in natural eyesight, natural reasoning, that they couldn't defeat giants who live in walled villages. And so they said that we can't take the land, even though God had already made a promise to Abraham and swore by himself that he was going to take his people and bring them into the promised land. So one that's strong in faith will believe God and believe his promises and is not influenced by natural eyesight and natural reasoning and natural logic. And so one that's weak in faith does consider his own body, which is dead, does consider your natural circumstances because you're a babe and you can only be filled with milk. In Romans chapter 4 verse 21, one that's strong in faith is fully persuaded that what God has promised, he will also perform. So let's see how those that are weak in the faith who Paul is addressing in Romans chapter 14 verse 1 is a carnal or a baby believer. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. When you're a baby, there's nothing wrong with being a baby when you are initially born, because that's your status. And so, therefore, when you are a baby, it's okay to partake of milk that you might grow. So Paul's using from the physical world an analogy regarding how things are in the spiritual world, but just as a baby who partakes of milk grows so that ultimately in their growth they can partake of meat, then in the same way, spiritually, we, after initially having the milk of the word, that from that we can grow and we can have and digest the meat of the word. Now, regarding someone that's a babe, someone that's carnally minded, in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 13 it is written that everyone that uses milk which is a babe is unskillful in the word of righteousness because he is a babe. So this word that's translated as babe in the King James is the Strong's number 3516 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. And it's the Greek word nepios which means a babe, a child one that is untaught or unskilled. So one that's weak in the faith is a believer but is unskilled and they can only partake of the milk of the word and understand the milk of the word. So one that is a babe, one that is weak in the faith, a characteristic that they have is not only do they struggle with the flesh, because there's among you envies and strifes and divisions, as Paul taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, but they are influenced and they believe every wind of doctrine. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14 and 15, that we henceforth be no more children. Now, this is the same Greek word, nepios, the Strong's number 3516, that got translated by the King James in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13, as a babe who uses milk, who's unskillful in the word of righteousness. And so this Greek word is translated as a child. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, Paul explains that one that's a child or a babe in the faith 
faith is tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Messiah. So the goal of a babe in Messiah is to grow up and to become spiritually mature. And spiritually mature is being associated with the measure and the stature of Messiah. And so we're told in Psalm chapter 19, verse 7, that it's the Torah that matures or makes wise the simple or the carnally minded or the babe in Messiah. The Torah of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Now in Psalm 119, verse 130, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Now, this word simple in the Hebrew corresponds to the Greek word nepios, which means a babe or a child. And so a deeper study of the Torah or the word of God is the way in which one grows in the faith. But initially they can only understand the milk of the word. But when they understand the milk of the word, then they can digest or receive the meat of the word. And so when you are then a partaker of the meat of the word, then you are regarded as being a wise son. And a wise son follows the Torah. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 7. Whoever keeps the Torah is a wise son. So next, the strong in faith, they are said to be spiritually mature. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. But strong meat belongs to those that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use, experience, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So here, in contrast to a babe in Messiah who is carnally minded, who is associated with envies and strifes and divisions and tossed about with every wind of doctrine, in contrast, one who partakes of strong meat, spiritually mature, they are described as being full age. And full age is the Strong's number 5046, in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, and it is the Greek word teleos, which means full-grown, adult, mature. And so there's a contrast between the weak in faith and the strong in faith. We can see how the strong in faith are teleos. They are full age. They are spiritually mature. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul writes and explains, We speak wisdom, and whoever follows the Torah is a wise son, we speak wisdom among those that are perfect. This word perfect is the same Greek word. The Strong's number 5046, the Greek word teleos, which means full-grown, adult, or mature. So the wisdom or the meat of the word is taught among those who are spiritually mature. We can see how the strong in faith are associated with those that are spiritually mature in Messiah. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. So we're teaching every man in all wisdom, which Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, that is done to those that are perfect, teleos, full age, mature. But in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, he makes the same point. Teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect. It's the Greek word teleos. And so the goal is that in becoming a believer in Yeshua, you begin being 
weak in faith, but when you partake of the word and you put off the flesh and you seek to follow the spirit of God, then you grow in the spiritual maturity. And that's the goal that Paul had is to present every man unto Messiah as spiritually mature. And spiritually mature is equivalent to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah. Back to Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Paul is addressing those that are weak in the faith. We are to receive, but not to doubtful disputations. So what does doubtful disputations mean? In the Bible notation, it will explain it this way, that you're not to judge his doubtful thoughts. Well, that's going to conclude part 13 of the series on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.